Hi, this is JR from Less Than Jake, and you're listening to Sunset Flip Radio. Thank you, fuck you, bye-bye, everybody. One of the most highly anticipated pay-per-views is this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Extreme Rules is in two days away, but guess what? You are now listening to the number one podcast of the art and sport of professional wrestling. Yes, welcome back to Sons of Flip Radio. As always, I am your... Tell him, baby. Ah, oh, yes. Well, I'll get to this in a second, but as always, I am your co-host, the Million Dollar Father, Mr. Thomas Lucy, joined normally in the studio, but this time on the phone, playing daddy duty, Mr. Alex Drain. Alex, what's going on? Uh, yes. Hey, it's been a while. It's been, it's been a while. Yeah, we, we had a hiatus. Alex was in Mexico. He uh, he went on a vacation, and uh, we took the week off, which is very rare for us. But we are coming back bigger and better than ever, as we always do. So before we talk about professional wrestling and we talk about everything else, how was Mexico, sir? Uh, Mexico was a good time. You know, That's it good. It started out a little rough, you know, uh... While we were away, we lost uh, our dog Jeter. Unfortunately, he my boy Jeter. So, yeah, you know the captain passed, so that was a big sore spot to start. Unfortunately, but uh, other than that, the whole rest of the trip, man, it was great. That's good. Had a great time. That's awesome. Just me and the wife. Got That's to all you need. Reconnect and just have a really good time. Got to go see one of the seven wonders of the world. And, no, uh, no, yeah. we're not talking about Andre the Giant. No, 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 he was the eighth one there. AKA the ninth wonder of the world. And then China. 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 But no, um this weekend we are still on the fence of going to extreme rules. Uh every day we are checking ticket prices and um they're going up, they're going down. We have our limit, but if not, then we're gonna hang out together and watch Extreme Rules. This would be the first pay-per-view that me and Alex have watched together in quite some time. Well, um, we didn't literally steal what I was just about to say. Oh, man. Same, same page, See, this same is... Page. this. Is, I mean, it, it only took us 129 episodes, but I think we're finally on the same page with things. But no, I mean, if we really think about it, right? If you really look at the wrestling climate right now and the world of professional wrestling, remember, ladies and gentlemen, this is something that changes every single day, right? It it's not yes in real sports you know baseball trades happen football injuries happen but if you really think about it for the sport of professional wrestling so much news happens and so much stuff is going on on a daily basis whether it's pay-per-view announcements or injuries or fighting backstage in the AEW situation but which we'll talk about later on but right now the WWE in my opinion has AEW in the corner right almost ready for the knockout and this weekend they can deliver a huge punch which starts this weekend leads into crown jewel and then finishes that survivor series the next two months in the wwe in my opinion will be the biggest two months in quite some time because of a new regime with triple h but at the same time everybody knows that when january hits and day one occurs, that's the start of WrestleMania season, but what they want to do, and in a spot which we talked about before here in this podcast, the lull part of professional wrestling and the part where everybody doesn't watch is in this window right now. So, yes. with the amount of pressure, I'm not even going to say it's pressure, because the way that the WWE right now is doing their programming, it's very good. Yes, yeah, so okay. eyes coming back to the product and a lot of changes. Uh, today, Tom, I know we didn't talk about it before we opened, but... The commentary teams got shaken up again. Yes, they and, did. 
you know, a couple of returning people, the Kathy Kelly's of the world, like the interviewer, she's mm-hmm. back. Um, yeah, he's on NXT. Wade Barrett's moved over to SmackDown. That's going to be a little interesting. You know, it's different. Wade Barrett on Smack. I mean, but but when Pat McAfee comes back, then I think Wade Barrett's going to go to Raw, in my opinion. And that's fine. That's, that's fine. fine. Although I don't remember where it says Corey Graves is. Other than he's on Raw. Michael Cole on premium live events. Um, no, Graves is on Raw with the English uh, guy. Still. Who's the and English guy? And they put him in a backstage role. Yeah, it's Kevin Patrick and um, Corey Graves and then Michael Cole and Bad News Barrett. And then NXT is Vic Joseph and Booker T, which is interesting. Okay. And now um, Byron Saxon is doing backstage interviews on Raw. And Jim, right. and Jimmy Smith got released or he's gone. Yes, he wasn't really that bad, though. For a guy, I actually enjoyed it. yeah. For a guy that's it's never done, yeah. For a, for an like MMA that, guy, uh, that other guy. Oh yeah, uh, what was his name? He was so bad he forgot his name. He used yeah. to be an ESPN, but uh, I mean, no. I mean, for a guy that did MMA primarily and had nothing to do with professional wrestling, Jimmy Smith wasn't really that bad. Yeah, he actually gave some realness to it, which is what everybody always wants. Mm-hmm. I had no issues, zero issues with him. No, nah, his voice wasn't annoying. Like, he got excited when he had to. Like, he was fine. But, you know, I mean, obviously... I mean, you can hear the learning curve. Like, he was continuing to grow. Yeah. Because, you know, he missed a couple things. And it's just about how you, your timing and this, that, and the other. And, oh, and there's Julia. Wild Julia, too. Yeah. Yes, uh, we have a third member of the team today. Alex's daughter, Julia, will be on the podcast, too. So she'll be voicing her opinions throughout the podcast. Um, no, but I mean, I mean I'm mean, i not surprised because the WWE, again, they switch things back and forth. I mean, Vin, uh, Vince did it a lot. I mean, obviously, he didn't do it with the King and because that was the heyday of professional wrestling. But, I mean, recently, right. in, the, in the past two to four years, we've seen a lot of changes. I mean, remember, at one point, the Raw commentary team was fucking Mace. Or Massey, and which was yeah. AKA Dio Madden and Vic Joseph. I mean, that was yeah. the that was the Raw team for a little bit. So I mean, remember they go back and Joseph, forth. Where now? Vic Joseph on uh, SmackDown. Vic Joseph's on NXT. Oh, he's still on NXT yeah. with Booker. Got yeah, okay, him and yep. Booker in NXT, which would be pretty good because I mean, I like Booker T as a commentator. I think I was watching. The other day, I was watching the 2013 Extreme Rules because I was watching some old ones, and Booker T was on commentary. It was him, I think, JBL and Michael Cole, and it was pretty good. It wasn't bad. Nice. But um, no, I mean, you know, we're we're on the cusp of possibly going, like we said before. If not, then you know we're going to be watching it together. But that's good for us because that day we'll be giving you maybe a couple live videos or predictions about, you know, our last minute predictions about the pay per view, which. Going into it, yes, it's only six matches, but there's six high-quality matches. I would say five, in my opinion, is high-quality. I think oh, there's... are going to give them time to breathe, and I believe every single match has a stipulation. They do, it does. something added by SmackDown, something silly, or, yeah. you know, we'll get a segment or three on the show itself. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know we're kind of building up to this point here where you can either start with it or end the show with it, but, you know... What what everybody's really been talking about is what's going on with this white rabbit situation. Yeah, this is the reason why, folks. Tom and I are really trying to get in the building mm-hmm. at a right price. You know, like the million dollars that yeah, million like dollars the main like Ted DiBiase once says, 
See, this is funny because I think if you go back in our pack catalog episodes between episodes 25 and 42, I had a million dollar man expression for almost every fucking episode. But I'll go back and I'll, and I'll use a famous quote by Ted DiBiase. Everybody's got a price, right? We got to put into consideration the price for parking, the price to get there, how much the tickets right. cost. Obviously, I mean, if I'm going to a to a yeah, live event, really late too, yeah, right? yeah, I can just literally go across the highway and be home in four minutes if I hit green lights. Exactly, like I'm you know, live that close to each other. Yeah, when literally, like we would sit on my couch, I'll make some food. You know, we can watch the event on my couch, or we go to Philadelphia. And I mean, if we go, we're going to sit in the lower bowl. I mean, ladies right. and gentlemen, you know, it, everything has its perks, of course. Yeah. We want to be there for this reveal, which I think is coming on, on Saturday night. I think it's coming too. Um, it, can't, it can't happen in Saudi Arabia. No, no, way. no, 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 no. This no. is actually hitting a crescendo where I think if it plays out any longer, it's going to become boring. I think now they have the people uh, in the palm of their hand. I think, and now you got to scrape yeah, off iron top. I, I, think, I think it's going to happen this weekend only because every clue, the past yeah. two or three it clues. leading to the next show. Yeah, the, the, past, next show the, next show. the past two or three clues has been given philadelphia as a destination so yeah yeah, so the coordinates are leading up to philadelphia and again do i do i think it's bray wyatt now that's the big question now like i I, i've been watching originally what i think supposed to be alistair black yes i mean originally i mean but then you saw joe gacy's name involved in the last video if you if you decrypted it the right way you've seen alistair black's the, lyrics the herring, kind of just throw you off. there's been a lot of yeah. red herrings carrion cross has been a red herring alexa bliss has been a red herring joe gacy has been a red herring uh alistair black has been a red herring but if you really look at all the clues and i mean i use youtube i didn't use the dirt sheets i use youtube there's this really uh good uh, page, I forgot what it's called. I think it's called like Colt Wrestling, but it's like an English guy, and he's talking. He's talking like with a like like a podcast set up, and you know he, he goes through the videos and he explains everything, and you know different users tell him about different clues, and he like he throw, he gives shout outs and stuff. But like every clue has been revolved around Bray Wyatt, whether it's past tweets or whether it's past things that he's said in promos. Things that he has written in the Firefly Funhouse, which has been, you know, written on the wall or these small clues. Everything has right. been everything has been revolved around Bray Wyatt. He has canceled opportunities for uh, conventions, for signings. He's canceled them since a month ago. And ironically, that's when the White Rabbit started popping up about a month ago. They have hired... The person in charge of the creative of for the White Rabbit QR codes and stuff is a former employee. What was it? I think he's a Marvel writer. Yeah, he's a former Marvel writer who is also has a experience in horror films, and hmm. he was hired by the WWE to be in charge of these cr- these QR codes. If you look at each QR code, there are so many hidden messages in it, and there you actually have to. Like the last ones were. Uh, uh, Biblical? Yes. Um, the last one was biblical, but also had the the language from the movie Predator. And it, it was so interesting. And like all of the quotes and all of the meanings is, is, is honestly stuff that he has said or stuff that, that has happened 
around Bray Wyatt. Like there, the last one was a painting of I want to say it was Delilah and Sam, Samson and Delilah. And the story of Samson and Delilah is it's about betrayal, how Delilah betrayed or betrayed Samson and all the stuff. And you say to yourself, "Wow, this is very similar to what Alexa Bliss did to the Fiend." Like it's, it's like all these different stories. And like what I've started to do is like. The, like the sick guy that I am, because I'm a big Bray Wyatt fan. I started watching his promos. I started watching his promos from FCW leading into now, and then I'm, I'm looking at myself. I'm looking. You you look at the two characters. You look at Bray Wyatt and you look at the Fiend. And for the longest time, I said to myself, "Oh, the Fiend is the greatest character." Blah 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 blah. blah. But when you really look at everything, when you look at Bray Wyatt from when he started to, I would say. A couple months before he aligned with Matt Hardy, which is kind of like the end of the Bray Wyatt era, his character was utterly ridiculous. Honestly, the like the yeah. way, and if you think about it, like he, here's a good example. They had this horror story thing back in the day called Ghost Stories, where WWE superstars would tell ghost stories during the month of October. So Bray Wyatt did one about the man in the woods. And the man in the woods, the story that he came up with, this is in 2014. The man in the woods character, tall, long blonde hair, or had blonde streaks in his hair, you know, demented, all this stuff. He had the Fiend character in 2014 through a storyline trans, like, transfer that into 2020. So six years ago, he created the Fiend character in a story on YouTube, and then he brought it to real life. So the way this guy is telling stories is he's taking stuff that he thought of 10 years ago, you know, and bringing it back into play now. It's it's utterly crazy how this has to be Bray Wyatt. It has to be him. Because if it's not him, whoever it is, is going to get nuclear heat. Like we always yep. use the term nuclear oh heat. My God. This is gonna it's be spray or bust. Th- yeah, this is gonna be a missile. This is the if Cena wins, we riot sort of deal. If this isn't Bray Wyatt, then you you will just hear fans go fucking nuts. Honestly, like this this will be like this will be so bad for the WWE if it's not Bray Wyatt. And if it's someone like Baron Corbin or even someone like Aleister Black, see, the problem with Aleister Black was he didn't get the right elevation from NXT to the main roster. That was the problem. If it was if if he stayed in NXT a little bit longer, then I think he'd be more of a household name. I think I think he got called up a little too quick. We saw him at WrestleMania tag with Ricochet in a meaningless eight man tag match or fatal four way. Yeah. Right? That was his big intro. But this this has Bray Wyatt written all over it. But now the problem is, if it is Bray Wyatt, how do you book him? Because you have to have him be on a heater right away. So, for that being said, I think it's Bray Wyatt, but I think it's I think it's other pieces. Yeah. I think it's other pieces with him. So Again, it has to be him. It should be him. The the ship has sailed with all of with with us saying, 
you know, the entire time, is it going to be Bray? Is he going to come out? Is he going to come out? This is now the time. If it's not now, like we say about The Rock, if The Rock doesn't come out this year's WrestleMania, he's not coming out. <laughs> if this isn't Bray Wyatt right now, he is not coming back. He is yeah. not coming back. They put too much into this. They're already selling T-shirts. They're selling stuff on WWEShop.com. Right? This has Bray Wyatt written all over it. It has to be him. It has to be him. And when I say Bray Wyatt, I but mean Bray Wyatt. Do? What do you mean? What does he do? It's one thing for it to be him. What does he do? Like, I, where do we go? He debuts, finally. Mm -hmm. Holy crap, he's back. Next week, or whatever show he appears on, and whatever, what do we do with him? I think that he gets people with him, so he can align himself to he be... He works best with people beneath him, because he I does. think his overall effectiveness... Uh -huh. At a higher level than when he's just absolutely. I mean, I mean, when when the Wyatt family kind of dismembered, dismembered, and you lost Harper and Rowan, Bray Wyatt took he took a hit from that. You know what I mean? Like peak Bray Wyatt was when Harper and and Rowan, not even with Braun. I'm not even including Braun, because remember when Braun came, he took a little notch down on the amount of matches that he worked, because it yeah. was more Braun and Harper or Braun and Rowan. But when it was just the three of them in the beginning, that was ultimate peak Bray Wyatt. So I think that he needs to align himself with other people. And I think that he's going to bring other people in. And who do I mean by other people? Maybe Alexa Bliss. Okay. Maybe Karrion Cross. I mean, I would like to see them go at it together. I don't know. Something with Karrion Cross is interesting because I kind of feel like if we do see this White Rabbit and it is Bray Wyatt, it's... I think they're either going to see it at that match after that, that match. You know, this this is Where the thing. Come out? So let's say let's, here's the fun part of, of this episode tonight. Mm -hmm. We know what you know. You can kind of predict the card, right? Yeah. The most unpredictable thing is the spray Wyatt stuff. Hopefully, it is him. Mm -hmm. This white rabbit stuff that we're talking about. Where does it debut? Well, and in what manner? You know, that's that's the intriguing thing. If it's played out for the end of the night, right now the WWE has two options for the main event. In their opinion, for the main event, they're either going to go with Bailey versus Bianca or Edge versus Finn Balor as the main event. Um, in my opinion, I think they're going to go with Bianca versus Bailey. Um, Do we? Yeah, and that's now, fair. Now, the we, reason... Title yeah, no, absolutely. The reason why I say that is because if you look at the promotion for that match, you'll see that behind Bailey is Dakota and Io, and behind Bianca is Alexa and Asuka. So, with that being said, if he does bring in Alexa, you can have Alexa turn on Bianca in some way, then you lead to the character of the White Rabbit, which it could be Bray Wyatt. Then Alexa kind of lines with Bray Wyatt, turns heel on Bianca. Then you have a storyline. Then you have a new champion without making that Bianca look weak. Sense if she she was the one who betrayed him, does it make sense for her to go crawling back in this new you know iteration of Bray Wyatt's character? Again, or could she be a target? And it's a longer game, playing a longer game where. Once again, he recruits her, or, or not recruits her, kind of messes with her until she does again. Well, uh, I mean, just, for for that to happen, then I don't think it's going to have an effect on Bianca versus Bailey. 
Um, but I mean, that's just my guess. I mean, if if the White Rabbit's gonna get revealed, remember, it's all about match placement. You can't have him get revealed in the first ten minutes because that's my gimmick, brother. Don't steal it. Yeah, well. I mean, the, the, there's no tag. Actually, there is a tag match, which I do think is going to open Extreme Rules. But um, if the, you, if uh, the, the yeah, I think that's going to be the first match. But I mean, if you really look at it, I kind of feel like Bray Wyatt is going to be somewhere in the last hour if he does show up. He could show up after the Carrion Cross, um, Drew McIntyre match, or he can show up in the beginning of that. All right, like the, say that match opens, he can come out at the end of it. Remember when Bailey, EO, and, D- and Dakota came back? That was the first segment at SummerSlam. So I yeah. mean, yeah, there wasn't that much firepower behind this, and so much you know meaning and stuff. Bailey just showed up with Dakota and EO. It was totally opposite of this, where there's promos and there's shirts and QR codes, and you got to pause your TV to see it and everything. But well, I mean, dude, I, I I'm thankful for all those people who did the dirty work. Because I was trying to go back. And I did the last and one. I couldn't. I was trying so hard, and I kept missing snippets. I'm like, God, forget it. Yeah, it, it was literally on. It was on Facebook, and like a minute after. Um, but, but then it's funny because if it's not Bray Wyatt, like I, I try to think. I'm. I try. I try to be a realist person here with this whole situation because, not just am I a huge Bray Wyatt fan, but I think it's going to be the best thing for the company right now just to give them that little push just you know right now triple h is just giving little pushes little pushes little pushes to get over the fence once the rock once the rock comes back he's over that fence now he is he's working his way up the hill right slowly it started it started with dexter loomis started with carrying cross wow he got bailey back wow he got eo he got dakota Right, he's making Chad Gable look great every week. Braun Strowman oh, yeah. comes back. He's giving time to Gargano. Candice LeRae is back, making Kevin Owens strong, making Sami Zayn be creative in anything that he's been doing for the past three years. Now that's finally coming into limelight. He's getting that push. You bring Bray Wyatt back, you're almost at the top of the hill. You bring The Rock back, you're over the hill. Okay. Yeah. He he's gonna do this, and he's doing it at the right time. Because remember, we're almost in WrestleMania season, Royal Rumble. If The Rock comes back in Boston at Survivor Series or the Alamo Dome at the Royal Rumble, it is game over for anybody else that's trying to compete with this company right now. It's literally game the over. The reason why it sounds good is it because it seems feasible it is. right now. I don't think we're, we're not living in a, in a world of pipe dreams anymore. No, no, this isn't. You know, like this, we're with no. You no, know, this, this isn't seeing stuff. Yeah. In a short period of time, you know, you can grade Triple H's summer basically and say that it's it's one to remember. The summer of it Triple is. H. And I mean it is. I mean, yeah, you had to get you see he had to step out of the he had to step out of the shadow of Vince McMahon. And yes, even though he said, Hey, you know what? This SummerSlam is dedicated to Vince and his ideas, I don't believe that at all. Okay. I think that for a while he's had his own ideas and now he's finally he has a chance to put them on paper. The way that Triple H is running a show is very good. The way that he leads off with the women is very smart because right now, remember, there's no champion on Raw. 
So you're, yeah. put, you're putting Bianca on television, who's a very over face right now, and you're backing it up with Bobby Lashley, who's a very over face right now. You she have... is, uh, Bianca is an over face, but she hasn't really done anything since SummerSlam. Exactly. And it's kind of like, okay, she was riding in hot, mm-hmm. then she got cooled off because it's all about damage control and Bailey and, and them being around. Bailey has to and be the champion. She has she to has be the to. champion. I think I think it's time for uh, Bailey to be Raw Women's Champion just to push Damage Control farther because right now with EO in Dakota, Damage Control, they in my opinion, you're gonna see turn into the female bloodline. They're gonna have the belts for a while. Bailey doesn't have the belts for a while, right? Apparently, they want to set up Bianca versus Charlotte at WrestleMania 39. So from now until WrestleMania. It's what October to April. You can have Bailey have the belt for a little bit, right? You can have Bailey have the belt for a little bit. You could have Bianca come back, and they want Charlotte to go over on Bianca at WrestleMania. For some reason, as I was swimming through the dirt sheets, I, I just saw this, and then also I saw another interesting fact about WrestleMania, which I do hope gets put into play: Gunther versus Drew McIntyre for the Intercontinental Title. Whoa. Sign me up all day. You know Gunther. Big meaty men slapping meat. Do you know Gunther has two losses in two years? He has two singles losses in two years. And hey, Izzy, stop it! God damn it! No, dumbass! Look what you did! Come on, dude! What happened? No, she ate Julia's toy. Uh. Sorry, this is so random. I know we're it's all right. in the middle of pod, but like, it's okay. Do that. No, it's fine. No, I mean, I think it's time for Bailey. I mean, this is good. You know, we're getting to our predictions and all this stuff. I mean, I didn't get your full prediction, but I think you're riding with me on the wave. If right, the the White Rabbit has to be Bray Wyatt, right? Yeah, I I think just, I think we're past yeah. that bridge. And just like you said beautifully, like if it's not Bray Wyatt, that place gets nuclear. And guess oh, where we're yeah. at? We Philadelphia. Are in Philly. Ironically, in 2015 to Roman and The Rock. Exactly. Got booed out of that building. Exactly. So it's not beneath that crowd to go ape shit bananas if something doesn't pan out the way they want it. This to. crowd is going to be so That's ready. That's one of the reasons why I want to be there. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, everybody has a price. Yeah, but I mean, um, I mean, I think the fact that they're playing. White Rabbit in the in the crowd during the show, and uh-huh. it's getting so much positive feedback. You get the Firefly people coming out. Like when they, I yeah. I've seen the videos on YouTube of when they play it during commercial breaks. The place is going nuts, and it's just a red light because they know what's on the other side. <laughs> they know what's coming. You know what I mean? They know what's coming. So just famously said, sometimes predictable things are good. Yeah. And maybe if it's not Bray Wyatt, I I haven't even thought about who else it could be. Honestly, if I had to pick somebody, if it's not Bray Wyatt, I would say Aleister Black or Baron Corbin. If I had to pick somebody, gun to my head, but I can't. Dude, we haven't even talked about Corbin. Remember, I don't know what happened with that angle. With JBL? We got picked up from JBL, but we haven't seen him since. Mm-hmm. 
kind of scaring me when you're talking about that. I'm just saying. Now, remember, I don't know if you saw this video, but apparently... God, Baron Corbin, oh my God, can you imagine that when, place? When, Man, that place oh well, my God, heat. nuclear heat. If Baron Corbin... Right when Baron Corbin got That's into that, went yeah. when, when when Baron Corbin got into that limousine, if you watch that video and you pause it as soon as he opens the door, the the trailer behind the shot behind the limo, you see a figure come out of the door with his back turned with a black jacket on. Okay, you can't see his head; you can see his back only, and he does have the build of Bray Wyatt. He does have the build of somebody that size. So, so he's been lurking there the whole time? So, if now ironically, ironically, that was, I think that was right before the first time we saw the White Rabbit vignettes. So, you put two and two together. That was the first time that we saw a possible Bray Wyatt sighting. And then I we started the going with the QR codes. For our episode. What? Because you're going on these, like, rabbit holes, no pun intended, rabbit hole, like, crackpot theories. Yeah. You've ever watched It's Always Sunny? This is Pepe Silva. Who the hell? Who's Pepe Silva? I'll send you the picture. You use it as a... Yeah, I know. I know. With the maps, with all the arrows. Yeah, yeah I've yeah, seen that, yeah. yeah. No, we'll do that. Um, But, I mean, I think that's... If that's Bray Wyatt, then that is how the story begins. Now is he is he coming for Baron Corbin? I don't know, but that's. I mean, he can't be. We haven't seen that guy in, in a month. It, it wouldn't make any sense right now. Yeah, I mean, if Baron Corbin comes back, maybe he's coming back as the lone wolf. Maybe with JBL as as his manager. I don't know. Uh, the JBL character with money and pulling up in his limousine. Yeah, wouldn't make unless it's Baron Corbin diving a little bit deeper into this character where he's still kind of rich and pompous and yeah i mean he's not i think he's done with bum ass corbin um yeah he can't he can't grow his hair out anymore i don't think because it's pretty bad that's why he shaves it so i mean i think if we do see baron corbin yeah i mean but i mean honestly anybody listening to this podcast go back to the to the video you can go on youtube of when bray of when um baron corbin goes into the limo you'll see a you see a figure on a set of stairs behind the, on the production truck it looks like bray wyatt from the back and ironically that was right before the white rabbit code started and like there's a, there's so many funky different things with these white rabbit codes like the last one like uh, if you pause at a certain time, you can see what looks like the fiend's face over Alexa's body, and while she was standing in the hallway. If you if you look at different times backstage, you see uh, you see crows. There's like the, like the WWE planted like these birds in certain spots. Like they had the fireflies and the lanterns in the Extreme Rules promos. They have all these different signs and all these different things leading you to Bray Wyatt, which I kind of feel like they can't steer from that they they put too much into it like they're making you believe too much it is bray wyatt and i think that it was him from the second that he started canceling his convention stuff once he canceled his convention stuff 
he was signed by somebody. And the way that AEW is running right now, it's like me, it's like me and Alex just throwing shit at a wall. That's that's how stuff is getting ran in AEW right now. So it's not, but it's not sticking. They have no structure. And that's the one thing that's making Triple H better than Vince McMahon, in my opinion. Remember, Vince McMahon was in for so much entertainment, right? We always talk about entertainment, entertainment, entertainment. You can still have entertainment, but the way that Triple H is doing it is he's doing entertainment through better promos and better wrestling matches, right? A perfect example of this is L.A. Knight, okay? Look at L.A. Knight, right? Phenomenal talent as Eli Drake comes to NXT, Good performer, becomes a face. His whole feud with Cameron Grimes and Million Dollar Belt with with Ted DiBiase was pretty good. And then he gets called up to this bull bull crap maximum male models thing, right? Where it's the complete opposite, obviously ran by Vince for entertainment. And what what does Triple H do? He slowly plants the seed of getting him out of that because he knows he has a talent in LA Knight. You know what I mean? It's it's just like yeah, like, he's such an entertaining pe- person. Like, Kevin Owens is so much more entertaining now. The Alpha Academy, so much more entertaining now, right? Yeah, you can still sure. have entertainment and still have funny spots. Even but... the Maximum Male Models. I oh, hilarious. They were, they were trying to break the record, basically, of five-second pose, but it was for a couple minutes. Yeah. It was hysterical. That no, was absolutely Julia. hilarious. Yeah. So, I mean, balls in Triple H's court... White Rabbit, we think Bray Wyatt, right? Or do we both agree that Bailey's gonna beat Bianca? Yes, I do. Now, if you look at the rest yes. of the card, if you look at the rest of the card, I say five good matches and one bad match, right? In your opinion, what's the worst match on this card? Because I'll tell you what the worst matches, in my opinion. Uh, the worst one, I would have to say, unfortunately, is the Liv versus Ron. Absolutely. We see, this is 129 episodes. We finally got on the same wavelength, right? <laughs> it took us long enough, almost three years doing this podcast. But why yeah. Why is this the worst match in your opinion? Because I have my reason. I'll tell you right now. Story. You, I rarely see Liv Morgan on SmackDown. I don't know about you, but I rarely see her. To me, she yeah. she doesn't she doesn't pose even if she acts she doesn't even pose as a credible threat to even entertain the thought of beating Ronda Rousey. You know what I mean? Remember, Ronda beat Charlotte. She beat the Queen to be champion. Liv Morgan never did. She tried, but she didn't. Right? Yeah. So. Yep. I mean, you know, if thinking about it, it's crazy. I mean, if you beat the queen, you beat the queen, man. You're on top. And the fact that Ronda Rousey lost two times, one of them, both, well, both of them in wonky ways. Remember, she got pinned apparently, even though Liv tapped out, and then she got a cash in with a with a bum injury. So, Liv Morgan, great character. She's a good wrestler. She's happily bubbly. I don't like her in this Extreme Rules gimmick with her bedazzled bat as she walks down the aisleway. Not needed. So, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's time that the belt gets taken off of her. I think she had it for long enough. And I think with the fact that... She had it longer than most people thought she was going to. Remember, we thought she was going to win it and then lose it immediately. Yep. 
but she has not won anything clean. No. So here's the other part. She beat Lacey Evans. Okay. She has. She has a possibility to retain this because it's not under a clean circumstance. A regular one-on-one match. It's a stipulation once again. Yep. Well, she beat so, so she beat Sonya Deville. That clash mm, at the castle. Uh, well, okay. No, no, no. She beat not Sony Deville. Um. Oh my God. Uh, Shayna Baszler. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, all right. So I guess that comes out the window. Yeah, but I mean, Shayna Baszler. You know, she beat she beat her in Wales. Wasn't in the country. Shayna Baszler got that match two weeks before it actually happened. Three weeks, I think it was. So I mean, okay. But this this Ronda feud has been going on since Money in the Bank. Remember, since Money in the Bank, when when Liv did win the title. So, I mean, in layman's terms, I think Triple H wants to put the belt on Ronda. Because I know that he has Charlotte coming back possibly sooner than later. Even though, even though there's speculation that she's taking more time off. But, I mean, your moneymaker is Charlotte versus Ronda. That's the moneymaker. The moneymaker is not Liv Morgan. The storyline to tug the heartstrings of fans is Liv Morgan. Of course it is. Remember, I was I was one of the ones staring at the right in front of my television wanting her to win. And she did win. She won. Yeah. Okay. But she wins and, and what's and what's the reward? The reward is her not getting built as a character. The reward is her still getting built as the underdog champion? Is that is it see that's an oxymoron. The champion cannot be an underdog. Okay? The champion has to be better than everybody, i.e. Gunther, Bobby Lashley, and Roman Reigns. They're billed as giants in the company. But even Bianca, but Liv Morgan is being billed as an underdog babyface champion. And right now it's a little bit too much in my opinion. And I think they're pushing too hard for her to be a champion and to get over in the light. It it goes back to Ronda, yeah. man. It goes back to Ronda. Because now it's like she's trying too hard or doing too much, you know? Exactly. It goes back to Ronda. And it, it goes back... Ronda's been on TV more, if you notice. She's been on SmackDown more. She's been wrestling more matches. More than more yeah. than the champion. And yes, Ronda sounds like a robot. We all know this. She's not exactly the greatest person at giving promos. But I mean, at this point, it really doesn't matter. You know what I mean? I mean, Gunther's, yep. a, Gunther's a dominating champion. Bobby's a dominating champion. Sometimes they sound like robots. Roman Reigns talks when he wants to. That's why he has Paul Heyman. But I mean, the real story in the bloodline right now is Sami Zayn. Because they can take that with with Jimmy Uso and go a thousand different ways. I mean, Jay Uso and go a thousand yeah, different ways. He's uh, Sami Zayn's the whole time show, and he's the real deal, man. Yeah, he didn't like him before. I mean, it's only it's only going to be a matter of time. Now, he's been doing so much other than wrestling, which he's always great at. Yeah, but every other little thing in the sports entertainment side of this business, he has been knocking out of the park. Now. Sami Zayn doesn't get the credit that he deserves because if you look at his career path, remember, he was, he tugged at the heartstrings of diehard Smart Mark fans when NXT first started when he beat Neville for the title, right? He beat Neville clean, became champion. Same night, Kevin Owens uh, appears, debuts, best friend growing up, takes him out, starts one of the greatest feuds in NXT, starts one of the greatest feuds in NXT history with them two. You know what I mean? 
that goes and that goes. He gets his call up. If you look at Sami Zayn, the fact of his entertainment from the feuds with Kevin Owens to when he was aligned with Kevin Owens to the fact that he put over Johnny Knoxville to the fact that he's done so much so many different entertainment things right now he's in the entertainment part of his career where he's entertaining you as a member of the bloodline this is bringing flashbacks of when owen hart was in the nation of domination owen hart was yes. white the nation of domination yes. was all black guys the bloodline is a family of samoans yes. Sami Zayn is Which white is like as snow from canada the black people of the pacific yeah you know what i mean right. you have five samoans and a white dude from canada right that's the bloodline right now. A white, uh, a, a white Syrian Canadian dude. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what he's doing right now, now it's interesting because I think this is all going to be a blow off with him teaming up with Owens to take out the Usos and become champion. Now, there's there's word on the street that if The Rock doesn't wrestle, I heard that if The Rock doesn't wrestle Roman, I'm not saying at WrestleMania, but I'm saying that Sami Zayn could get a title shot against roman one day if that's possible well, i don't think it's get one of those interim in between joneses maybe you know? like, maybe that's a good thing kill time for a couple months so insert in opponents so roman has something to do guys yeah plus and then that's then a good that's also a, advance the storylines for wherever you want to go on both sides and then take it into you know that road to wrestlemania and they can go elsewhere yeah because ultimately i do think that the usos are going to lose the belts at wrestlemania to owens and Zane. Dude, that's a long freaking time away. Holy it is. Shit. It is. Um God. so with that being said, I mean I think we're we're three for three. We're we agree on Bray Wyatt, we agree on Bailey, and we agree on Rhonda. Right? Um mm-hmm. now this so can't this title can, n- yeah, two title changes. If I had to out of those three, if I had to change my pick, I'm changing for Liv to retain. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm sticking with Ronda. I'm sticking with Ronda. I think th- they're going to want to play it smart. And um, well, Survivor Series is coming up. If you want to do a title change there with her belt, that that had bigger eyes on it. And remember, we could get the Queen coming back at some point. Although I, I did read stuff that Andrade said that she's taking personal time away. She is. So I mean, that came out today. Yeah, that that report came out today. Now this next match is interesting because we we may have split. Decisions on this. Karrion Cross and Drew McIntyre. Strap match. Love the love the gimmick. Right? This is Karrion Cross's second match since he reappeared. And we are getting a Drew McIntyre coming off probably the biggest loss of his career in his hometown. The most eyes set on him. Right? Now this is interesting because everyone says to themselves, Okay, Drew has to win this to avenge his loss at Clash at the Castle. I don't think that's true. It's not true. Not true I at all. Carrying Cross all the way because Carrying Cross cannot lose. He if needs he this. Does, he needs this. Main event jobber. If that makes any sense. Yeah, and he needs this. Wasted. It is. It's a complete waste because because of this. If the Bloodline does not wrestle at War Games. Right, because in my opinion, I think War Games may be a judgment day against other people. If if Roman does wrestle at Survivor Series and he defends his title, it's going to be against Karrion Cross. Um, in my opinion, because I do think Karrion Cross is going to go over and Drew. Because we always say to ourselves, who affords the loss more, 
or who needs the win more? It's always funny because we always talk about Seth Rollins. We talk Croft, about Croft needs to win for his loss next month or yes. whatever to be believable. Exactly. Remember, there is a pay per view or a live event between now and um, Survivor Series, and that's the Saudi Arabia show, and that we already know who the opponent for uh, yeah for Roman is. Then, mm-hmm. which Good. I think that there could be, although there doesn't need to be. There could be some carrying cross interference there. And because he did say, you know, TikTok, you know, when he first came back to the roster. He's he's coming for Roman. Yeah. Which he's, is fine. It's, he, it's just fine. fine. And guess what? Believable. It's believable. Because remember, just like AJ Styles, just like Seth Rollins, just like Finn Balor. Drew oh, yeah, Mc... We gotta talk about AJ Styles, but go ahead. Yeah, Drew Drew McIntyre is a guy. That he can afford a loss once in a while. He totally can. Remember, when he lost to Roman, that kind of got swept under the rug really quick. Because yeah. waiting in the wings was Karrion Cross. So, I mean, Karrion Cross needs this win to establish himself as a top heel in the company as a formidable threat for Roman Reigns. Because Roman Reigns is not performing at this show. You're going to have to get out of this pay-per-view. Triple H needs to get somebody that can challenge Roman Reigns. Because right now, obviously, no one believes about uh, Jake Paul being that guy. Yeah. Right? So you have to... Triple H has two things that he has to get done out of this pay-per-view. Number one, have a formidable opponent for Roman that's believable. And number two is get Bray Wyatt's ass out there on television. Those are the two things that he cares about right now. He he has to. Because Roman needs to Roman needs something to keep him obviously to keep your universal champion relevant. So that's why Camion Cross is gonna avenge. Plus also I think that he's gonna avenge the way that he got introduced into WWE. That's why I feel like Triple H is going to have him go over on Drew. Because you're taking Drew McIntyre, who was a Vince guy from the beginning. Right? Vince guy from the beginning. And Karrion Cross is, is Triple H's boy. He, he was made a laughing stock of his character. Meanwhile, Triple H was sick when Karrion Cross did get called up. Looked like a dominatrix. With that being... He looked like the gimp. With that being said, I think Triple H is going to dig a little bit at Vince, put him over on Vince's guy in Drew McIntyre. In the strap match, he's going to beat Drew clean, in my opinion. Gives you your next opponent for Roman, makes him look credible as your guy. As your guy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with any of that that you said. Absolutely not. I think that's the most logical thing that makes a hundred percent sense. It's time it's time for predictability to get pushed aside a little bit. Oh yeah, you know, Drew's gonna win because you know he lost last time. No, that doesn't matter anymore. Not with Triple H in my opinion. Right? He wants to surprise us. He's gonna surprise us with these little crazy things. You know what I mean? This is one of them. So I got cross winning clean. Or winning the match. Right. Um, fight pit. This is interesting. This is interesting. How do you feel about this fight pit? And Daniel Cormier, Daniel Cormier, right, as a referee, apparently they may want to have him face Brock Lesnar, which I don't I think is crazy. But 
Um, that would have been great. Where do you see this match going? Because this this match is kind of getting a little bit under the radar. This is a 50-50 where I really, this is the one that's really hard to kind of tell me which way it's going. Um, who's um, who's I, you know, who's winning we in the... Uh, make a guess, right? We can't be 50-50 on it. So, no. I'd say Seth finally gets his win here. Well, Seth already beat Riddle at a pay-per-view. Yes, but what I mean by that is he gets the the momentum from this. Okay. He desperately needs it. He can't afford to win the last time and then lose again because guess what? Now we, we haven't reached a conclusion. Are we all now? It's kind of like fifty-fifty. Now you need a rubber match. Are we all? Are we? Have we been wrong all along in saying that Seth Rollins could be the next guy to face Roman Reigns? Um, no. I think we talked about that happening again. Mm -hmm. But But, we just weren't as the way. But But I think Seth. There are opponents there. Remember, there's no December pay per view. Seth. Seth may be going after Bobby, too. Yeah, they they have that match at Brooklyn on Monday, which mm-hmm. I would love to go to Brooklyn. Aubrey was like, "Oh, you should go." I was like, "Babe, I would love to go, but you know, we can't. I can't afford it." Yeah, I mean, I think the Brooklyn tickets. I would, gonna... have, I would love to call it out the next day. My brother lives in Brooklyn, a couple streets away from uh, the Barclays. I would have stayed at his place. Yeah, I, I think that Brooklyn show may be more expensive than um, the Philly show. But I think that's going to be a tough one to miss. Tough show to miss. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of good that's going to be at that show. Mm-hmm. Raw show, DX. New commentary team. DX is going to come back from the dead again. Bobby, Bobby, and uh, Bobby and Seth. Um, the Bloodline will be there, so we're going to advance some sort of an angle. Yeah, it's going to be good. But I mean, and uh, Julia thinks. <laughs> You're so loud. Come on, sweetie. With uh, my choices. Uh-huh. With hey. with uh, hey. with Bobby. With I mean, I'm sorry about Bobby. With with Riddle and Rollins in this match. See, this is interesting. This is really interesting. Like, which way do we go? Do we have the guy who basically created the match win, or do we have the underdog and Rollins? You know what I mean? Kind of in this environment. Um, you know, I really, I mean, I, I guess I'm leaning towards, I might be, I might be leaning towards, towards Riddle because I think Seth can okay. afford the loss. Yeah, that's fair. Cause he, he, that's fair, but I, I, but then, okay, so they each want to match against each other again. Now uh-huh. this is drawing out for even more months. Remember, their match at SummerSlam got canceled and pushed until Clash of the Castle. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we're just going even longer now. Here. I mean, they they could be setting up Saudi Arabia as the last one. That was the same thing that happened with Edge and, and Seth Rollins. Uh-huh. Right? Well, some things change, other things remain the same. Right, so... I mean, I do think Riddle's going to win. This is kind of like his match. If you think about it, it's he's favorite in this match. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a step out of Rollins' environment. So, right. you know, on paper, I'm going to put my money in Riddle. Straight up. Okay. Straight All up. Right, so there's what we're, you know, we were right on the first couple, and now we, we can start to kind of break away and, and really give our opinions here so i like that now what 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 did you want to talk about aj styles 
Well, because I think there's a bigger picture here with AJ Styles, and I think Judgment Day is going to get one more member. Yeah. Is it fair to say? I mean, fair to say after Monday's turn of events, that, how do you uh, AJ Styles could be joining Judgment Day? Is how do you give him a life? I mean, if he joins it, how do you not have him be the leader, though? It's not terrible. Man, let me tell you, that's tough sledding because AJ takes a backseat, but then that'll be a built-in program when they break away eventually, but can't do that too soon. Um, And then it kind of takes Rhea out of her element because Rhea is, is the de facto leader at this point. Rhea hasn't wrestled in a very long time. She hasn't wrestled in a long time, um, but she needs to one get get back into the picture here, mm-hmm. and also she's kind of like pulling all the strings. She's acting as the leader. Yes, she she is she is acting as the leader of a stable dominated by men in the numbers category. But you have a female in Rhea Ripley who is a formidable and as intimidating as anybody else in that group. She's a yes. very she is an intimidating presence. Honestly, she has the size, Welcome she has the look, yeah. she has the speed, she has the body language, she has the look. Honestly, she does. And the fact that she has Dominic wrapped around her finger, formidably like that, puts her in my opinion, as the leader of that group. You're gonna yeah. see you're gonna see Rey Mysterio this weekend. You're gonna see possibly AJ Styles this weekend. Right? There's gonna be a lot of wonky stuff going on in this match. It's not just gonna be Finn Balor versus Edge. No way. There's gonna be other people involved. Absolutely. No, gotta get in there. But yeah. you you know, so the AJ Styles, I think the AJ Styles of it all is the variable. And I think we get a, we get a bunch of like reveals and some good stuff this week on Saturday. Yeah, and I think for those other things is AJ Styles joining Judgment Day. I would like to see that, but yeah. I don't want to see him in like a Damian Priest role. I don't. I he AJ Styles is too good to be in that yeah. kind of role. He's too good. He's got to be, yes. He's got to be some kind of a leader. I mean, he does. Kind of getting a mini, uh, getting a mini bullet club sort of deal. But you know, if anybody's going to pull the trigger on something like that with Triple H at the helm, it's going to be him. Yeah. You know. I think AJ Styles has been floundering for a while. Yeah. Um, I think even when he first got almost handed to him. And, um, I mean, again, with almost like, this is my almost take for the week. He was looking at, he was watching the match with Gable and Strowman the other night. Obviously this is going to lead to almost versus Strowman at crown jewel. Oldest trick in the book, two big guys together. We don't want to see this. Okay. This is the part that Vince McMahon is slowly carrying with him through the days as, as he has retired. This is the Vince McMahon factor from 1984 with Andre the giant. Fucking 40, almost 40 years ago, it's still living up to this day. You go back in time, Andre the Giant, Giant Gonzalez, Kane, Sid, Taker, all these big guys. Some are obviously better than others. Some are Hall of Famers better than others. But the presence of a big guy and something about big guy versus big guy, two men swinging meat at one of each other, 
that will that that will that will always live in WWE lore for as long as you have watched professional wrestling or as long as this company exists. That's just how it is. Okay. Yeah. Two stories will never get old: the big guy versus the big guy, and the small guy versus the big guy. Tales old as time. Tales as old as time. So, with that being said, um, AJ Styles has been floundering since almost and. For AJ to make himself relevant, because remember, he is one of those guys, just like Seth Rollins, just like Finn Balor, just like Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Sheamus, whatever. If you need a job done, they'll do it. You need him to be a tag team, they'll do it. You need, need him to jump through hula hoops that are bursting with flames, they'll do it. Okay? These guys will do it. And you give him anything, the guy hits it out of the park. You put him as the leader of the Judgment Day, that could be awesome. It could be awesome, but I mean, I feel like the Judgment Day atmosphere is too dark for him, though. You know what I mean? It, it might be too dark for AJ Styles. I really I think I like that. That's a very good point. I really think it might be too dark for him. Like, do you bring Gallows and Anderson back? Because I heard that might be on the table too. Yeah, but do you put him in the same role? Like, I mean, eh, it's tough, man. You don't need a big enough faction in. Uh, see, Judgment Day is on Raw, so... Yeah, I mean... And, oh, spo- spoiler alert. Legato's supposed to come out tomorrow. Did you hear about that? Legato? Yeah, they're coming tomorrow, apparently. Yeah, that's what I, I literally was saying. I, I think we were just talking over each other. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so they're coming tomorrow, which is pretty cool. Nice. Um. No, but, I mean... AJ Styles, where do I like to see AJ Styles? I like to see him as champion, obviously. But um, I do see him turning heel. But for him to ju- to, to join the Judgment Day, I think it might be too dark for him. I really think it might be too dark. And you know what's really funny? Like, the funny joke is no one gets along with Rey Mysterio. Do you ever notice that now? Like, everybody yes. hates Rey Mysterio. Now, remember, Rey Mysterio is a character that will never be a heel. He is just like John Cena. He will never be a heel. Yeah. Rey Mysterio, Ricky Steamboat, John Cena. All all these guys have never been heel. Baby faces their whole career, right? Just because it's not believable for him to be a heel. It's really not. Like, he's been, he's such a, you know, happy-go-lucky wrestler. And, you know, he has the story of his son coming up. And, you know, his WrestleMania moment with Eddie Guerrero. And, you know, as long as he, as long as he does the Eddie shake at the top before the frog splash, he'll never be a heel in professional wrestling, and he'll never be it in this era. Um, it's true though; it, it honestly is. But um, I do see AJ turning heel, but I I think it may go a different route. Um, I do see AJ maybe feuding with Rey Mysterio for a little bit because I think you're going to see Rey Mysterio kind of fizzle out of the Judgment Day again. Now that that's also if the Judgment Day isn't penciled in for the War Games match. Now, this is interesting because, you know, the War Games match, either going to go two routes. You're going to have the Judgment Day versus people, or you're going to have the Bloodline versus people. So, yeah. I think... I mean, see, it's tough because, we'll see, see, War Games could be anything. It might not make sense now, but I'll just put it out there. We could get a... We could get a... This would have to happen really quickly. Like... But, I mean, uh, just because we're booking it and this is our show, we get to do whatever the hell we want. That is true. We could get Legato versus uh, Judgment Day. Oh, you Three can... guys and a woman. Or, or you can get Legato with Ray 
against a Judgment Day with AJ. Wow. Wow. Right? Tom, you're the best. No, I'm just this saying. Guy. I mean, take this take guy. take the woman out of it. Do you do this professionally? I wish. Take take the woman out of it, right? You can have the women there on the outside, possibly start something, but, I mean, you could have Legato. The whole, you know, Mexican-American culture is there with them and, and Ray, and against the Judgment Day. And But now, see, they're going to be debuting on SmackDown. That's going to be hard because, you know, you're going to have yeah, to bring them over. But, that's I mean... Why I was, that's why I was like, eh, well... Yeah. But, I mean, on paper, that does sound good. Um, so, but I mean, I think we just, oh yeah, and then we had the Donnybrook match, the three on three. Now. Yeah, I think we can smooth that over. I mean, the Intercontinental Championship match is on Friday night, so. Yeah, I mean, just because. It's going to be very good. I got to watch it live. Just, just because Gunther's going to win tomorrow, that's why I'm saying that the Brawl and Brutes are going to win on on Saturday. I was, my, my sentiments exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, I think that's going to be the first match of the night. I think it's going to be hard hitting in the beginning. Um, it's it's they're, they're going to beat the living crap out of each other, in my opinion. Um, but I think that's going to open the show, and I'm going to go with Sheamus on that. So yeah. I mean, I mean the six matches, but again, there's so many other questions that have to be answered. White Rabbit. Um, are we going to see any other surprises? Is anybody going to cost anybody any matches, any debuts? Are we going to see any wonky things going on, right? This is the time that Triple H needs to put the big boy pants on and decide quickly what is he going to do. Because right now with the way AEW is going and the fact that they have guys fighting each other for no reason, they have to hire an HR... They have to hire... They, they have to hire an HR supervisor for, for, for AEW. Yes, I saw that. So the, so the story... The story is that... <laughs> Basically, the Cliff Notes version is Andrade wants to get out of the company. He signed a contract, right? Apparently, there's three or four wrestlers out there in AEW that want their contract terminated and for them to join WWE. But, like, yeah, with any. That, uh, Andrade's doing everything he can to literally get kicked out of his contract so that he can just freely sign. Yes, because I'll tell you right now, if you. If you. If you. If you, if you put Andrade in Legato, that would be amazing. Okay? Amazing. You don't um, need it though, because I, I think that overshadows how great Escobar is. Okay. And it that then you lose Escobar of the sauce. Then he, he this guy could be main event quality shit. I love that guy. I mean Andrade Andrade coming back to WWE would be awesome because he should have never left in the first place. Yeah, but, and everybody needs to continue to speak for him because yeah, he can't He's not the greatest. So, again, like we always say, the AEW is falling into their own rabbit hole, no pun intended, where they assign everybody to these monumental contracts, and then these wrestlers realize, hey, this place sucks, okay? I mean, if you if you look at what they're dealing with right now, okay, they had their flag bearer and Cody Rhodes jump ship to the, uh, to, the, to the evil empire because of where he was going in the company. He set himself up from the beginning. Once he lost to MJF, he couldn't challenge for a world title. Wow, where am I going to progress? Nothing. So I go back to my competitor where I'm over a shit and, and I can be a future champion, which is perfectly smart. But when you have 
a bunch of guys that get signed from WWE for reasons that they got released based off their performance ability or whatever it is. It makes so much more sense now that the WWE released all these people. And what AEW did was they try to milk every little thing out of them and they signed them to these huge contracts. And what they're doing is it ended up, they have, I feel all these people, a lot of the people, because a lot of people came from, WWE to AEW, then they have the Vince Russo effect where they're ruining AEW when they're going to want to try to come back now. Mm-hmm. And AEW is going to be in the player. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll, it, I'll take apparently. Thanks, Julie. Yeah, a- AEW. Um, AEW is not exactly the greatest thing going on right now. Like, like, like you said before, they have a lot of pieces missing, and the problem is they're trying to put, they're trying to build a show around all this talent but you have too much talent to showcase because the names that these names that are not on tv guys like um lance archer guys like uh adam cole uh who else uh cesaro um miro aka uh rusev um exactly but then you have your pillars like Jungle Boy who comes down and hits a, and who, oh, yeah. who who takes a chair and runs after Luchasaurus. You have Hangman Adam Page who had a match against Roosh who's on TV every week all of a sudden. So is Jay Lethal. You know, yeah, you had Darby Allen, you had MJF. And then you have Sammy Guevara. Now, the Cliff Note version of this is that apparently Andrade and Sammy Guevara got into a Twitter fight. And then apparently Andrade was waiting backstage, punched Sammy Guevara twice. Now, the reason why Sammy Guevara didn't leave or get left or he left the arena is because he didn't fight back. Apparently, they just pushed each other. Andrade punched him twice, and then that was it. And then it got broken up. But Andrade set that up, got his match canceled for Rampage. He got sent home. Now, the whole reasoning is behind this is he, he wants to get fired because he's locked into a five-year deal. You know what I mean? Same thing with Matt, with Aleister Black. You know what I mean? Do I believe the fact that Aleister Black left AEW to, to take time off for his mental health? Absolutely not. He read the he read the tea leaves real quickly, and he realized that I'm not going anywhere in this house of Black. I can't even win a trios title belt. Come on, man. Really? Really? When he when he debuted as Malachi Black, he beat Cody Rhodes in like two minutes. Right. And then Cody Rhodes goes over and beats him again. And then all this stuff happens. You know what I mean? Like, the best thing the best thing that happened to Andrade is that he got put through a flaming table. And it was really Cody Rhodes that got through the table, not him. Andrade has done absolutely horseshit in that company. And he's going to continue to do absolute horseshit because he's not getting a chance to showcase his talent. That's the problem. And it's not just with him. It's for a lot of other people, too. And that's why a lot of these names are you're slowly going to see these people wanting to leave. All guys that left WWE because they got released, they want to go back now because there's a there's a there's a new sheriff in town. You know, I mean, yeah. I bet you Keith Lee would want to go back. I bet you Swerve Strickland, even though he says he doesn't want to go back, would want to go back. So everything's always tempted. You know, I mean, you might be happy in a certain place, but it's okay to look and kind of wonder. Doesn't mean you're going to do it. That's true. So, I mean, a lot of answers are unsaid. I mean, I mean, a lot of questions are are, are left um, unanswered. You know, hopefully, we'll have a lot of answers for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, next week we're we're gonna come back with a brand new episode. We're gonna have a lot of these questions answered for you, ladies and gentlemen. Because guess what? We have SmackDown tomorrow. Studio, I get to see the new figures. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you're coming over next week. We're gonna gonna record. Um, 
Well, well, well hopefully, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I'm going to see you this weekend, so I mean, you know. Hell, dude, we, hell, we might be able to do a little quick something upstairs after the show's over. You ever think about that? Of what, Extreme Rules? Yeah. I mean, we could. We can even go live before. I mean, who knows what we can do. Yeah, we have, a, we have a lot of different options, but I mean, um, you know, but... Yeah, I mean, you know, we may we may do a DX. We may break it down. Um, but I mean, for for you to to re, to see if we do that, you got to follow us on social media first on Facebook and Instagram at Sons of Flip Radio. Um, we come back to you every week with a brand new episode. Episode one twenty nine is in the books. Um, remember, you can follow us wherever you get your podcast. Same as last week, same as this week, and the same as next week. You can email us at. Same as it ever was. Mm-hmm, you can email us at. Sunsetflippodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. And um, as always, you know, enjoy the rest of this week. Enjoy wrestling this weekend because the WWE, I think, is going to hit it out of the park. You know, it's really funny. Every time just that. Enjoy wrestling. Just enjoy wrestling. You know, it's really funny. Like, when we always say we're not looking forward to the show, the show is good. And I feel like I don't yeah. I don't want to give ourselves the Maloiki, which is like the Italian horn for, you know, the, the uh-huh. Maloiki. But um, I'm really, really, really looking forward to this show. Yeah, I, I mean, I am too, but I now I feel like we have to say, eh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. That's all just, we can just say. Just throw us off the scent. Yeah. We'll see what happens. But guess what? You'll get our answer next week, as you always do. So for the 129th time, I am your co-host, the million-dollar father, Mr. Thomas Lisi. Always joined normally sitting across from the small leather-bound table in this 5 by 7 room that we call our studio by the most handsome down the room. <laughs> but now he's the most handsome down the phone, Mr. Alex Drayton. We are Sons of Flip Radio. We are out for tonight. And as always, peace, love, and wrestling. And in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. You're...